Hey, wonderfuls. Welcome to episode 334 of the JV Club. I'm your host, Janet Varney. I don't know that I've ever said that. I just felt like I wanted to hear myself say it for a second, so I was sure of my own identity. I welcome you into this boy of summer, my college chum, Seamus Dever. He and I were at uh, Northern Arizona University together, and um, it's been so delightful uh, following his career. And uh, of course, um, he was on the fantastic show Castle that I think a lot of you probably liked. So uh, please enjoy. And as far as uh, any additional notes for this intro, I would say just I'm encouraging you to go to iTunes and rate the podcast. It helps people find the podcast and uh, just a general hello to anybody who's listening to this that I also went to school with because it made me nostalgic for my schoolhood days. Goodbye. All right, this is it. That was the uh, that was the pompous circumstance. Was me saying, "All right, this is it." All right, this is it. All right, this is it. This is it. Like I'm, like I've I've reached my peak of annoyance and I can't take anymore. All oh. right, this is it. No, this is it. This is it. This is it. I've had it with you. Mm-hmm. We're gonna fucking podcast. I had I questioned myself as to whether I curse on the podcast, and then I remembered that I do. That you do. You don't I have really, to beat things. There out, was so. a moment where I really forgot. For There's a, a well because going from podcast to podcast, you really have to kind of figure true. out whether you need to watch your mouth or not. It's true. Like people, some people are very clean. Your, your peas and your carrots. Yeah. 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 What is peas and cues? What does peas and cues? What does that mean? Peas and cues. I think you like know what I think can... it comes from actually like radio speak because your peas and your cues maybe oh. pop. Whoa, I like this theory. Maybe, but then somehow Q-Q. we've we've associated with cursing. I don't know. Yeah, mind your keys and cues, or just like a general manners. Like where does, where does the salad from? fork go? What is that go? origin of that? Someone will tell us. If I had an intern, you know the thing that really pisses right me now. off, and I and I I've come to accept. This. All right, this is it. This tell is me. it. This is it. This is it. I have an axe to grind. Mm-hmm. Grind it. That phrase. Oh. Bothers me. Yeah. Because it has nothing to do with having a grudge. Right. The original origin of it was actually, I have to go to town. Oh, yeah, I, I'll go with you because I have an axe to grind. Because you went and saw the axe oh, grinder. Oh, sure. It has nothing to do. Somehow we associated axe with some sort of murderous intent or yeah, malice. Yeah, And it's become And it's like two Isn't people taking I company together. I all the time to my wife, and she's like, let, let it go. <laughs> Nobody gives a shit about, about the origin of this phrase. Nobody cares. Listen, it's the same thing as like someone gets your goat and someone gets your goat. What is the origin of that? I think getting your goat. Goad is the right goad. thing, and it's like you're goading. And we sort of lazily someone. turned it into goat. Goat. Yeah. Oh, he's got your that's goat. another one where and, and no one knows where the hell that's from. You've got yeah. your goat. I don't own a. Please goat. don't take my goat. Yeah, my. I got an Instagram with you about this goat. I love this goat. Why are yeah. you taking my goat? You know how everyone used to have a goat back in the day. <laughs> yes, you had to. Everybody it's where all your anybody. cheese came from, I assume. That's right. I'm guessing. Uh huh. No, it's a good. <laughs> you can guess. You can assume. It's really either way. Listen, nobody knows. We'll never know. My wife loves goats, so oh, she would she have does. a goat if I let her, but then we wouldn't have roses. So goats, roses, you oh, have to choose. Yeah, no kidding. You have to make that choice. And, um, uh, every single one of us must make that individual choice. Yes. As well, you, you don't know, have roses. Legally. Where's your goat? I know. I feel like a real jerk. You have uh, ivy. I have ivy, and that, which uh, also goats. A, little lambs eat ivy. Little lambs eat ivy, too. Right. Mares eat oats and goats eat oats. Yeah. <laughs> 
Just a bunch of cute lambs. Is this how this back? podcast works? That's it. All it is is a what if. It's just a free And we form. choose between two things. Okay. Animal or plant. <laughs> it's very specific. But listen, once you get into those confines, mm. you really break out your creativity. It's like a haiku right. or a sonnet. Just follow the rules. Got to be a plant or an animal. And then you can go wild. Okay. You can just go absolutely wild. That's the only format consideration. Um, okay. Mayor, now, mares, would you choose a mare or an oat? Mare or an oat? Um, I guess I would choose a mare because we're talking about long-term planning here. Right. Um, also, if oats, it's a single oat. Season. I offered you one single oat. That is very sad. Yeah, that's like that's trading a cow for a bunch of magic far, beans. I think so. Yeah. I think, I mean, maybe right. uh, with the proper germination techniques, then right. this could... Uh, this could produce a bounty. However, however, a mare, a mare. is a sherbet, I would think. Yeah, yeah, but not sherbet. No, that's a mare. You then we don't get sherbets from milking mares. No, I don't do you think. say sherbet or sherbet? I think I sherbet. say I think I say sherbet. I don't think anyone's ever told me. It's a, it's a regional but it thing. Is, it's but it does be a say regional sh- thing. Is it spelled sherbet or is it spelled sherbet? I believe there's a second R in there. God, where is this intern? <laughs> I tr- I could either have an intern. Or I could have you. Do you ever do like an imaginary like intern, like in the corner? You know what I have done many times. Dolores, Dolores, could yeah. you look that up for the pod? Thank you, Dolores. Dolores, the robot from Westworld, please don't kill us. <laughs> uh, I, I I have been known once or twice to pretend like a this is your life kind of situation happens where if you said something from your someone from your past, I'd be like, Well, we have a surprise for you. <laughs> Ladies and well, funny you should say that. Because yeah. if you'll turn around. Yeah. 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 Well, in this case, it actually makes sense because this is one of the rare occasions when I can say, like, if you bring up your college years, mm-hmm. I can be like, well, we have a surprise for you. It's Janet Varney <laughs> from your college years. Are we going to talk about how long we've known each other? Yeah, we're going to talk about that. Isn't that crazy? I was it just is. adding it up. Do you know how many years? And we're not talking dates. We're not going to give specific age right. dates yeah. or anything. Yeah. We've known each other for 25 years, a quarter of a century we have known each other. That is crazy. mind-boggling. Yeah, because it doesn't feel nearly. That I know long it doesn't whatsoever. So. It doesn't at all. Yeah. I know. I really am at the place now where, and again, we're not naming any numbers, even though someone very generously put my age on Wikipedia. Like oh, the fine. second I came to LA, I'm uh, sure as a revenge thing. Well, they wanted to make sure that they were specific, yeah. or, or a revenge thing. Yeah, it's, it's no idea. But yeah. once it's out there, it's I did it on my own. Withdrawn. Like I was like, I don't care about my age, and now. Yeah. Maybe I kind of regret that. I mean, <laughs> listen, we all know that 60 is the new 30. So right, right. we're all fine. We age we are slower way out away. here. It's, very uh, true. It's very different. Like, it's do you ever true. go home to any of your various yeah. high school reunion We'd, functions? Yeah, and, yeah. And you see that there's a difference between how you've aged and other of your classmates. Well, they comment on it mostly. My right, friend, right. My friends, when I go back, they do. They go, yeah. they go, wait a minute, how are we the same age? I'm like, well, I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I think the I assumption know. immediately becomes like that everyone's just having plastic surgery right and left. Right. And I think that maybe you could tell if that were the answer mm-hmm. because I feel like plastic surgery makes even a 20-year-old look somehow like old. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, is it just like by virtue of the pressure that we feel to sit it or is it just I like I don't know. That? Or just the, the lack of pressure or the yeah. release or I don't know, the fine produce we have here. Uh-huh. I don't know what it is. <laughs> 
All right, let me get, let me give access some access to healthy. I'm gonna give okay. some. Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna give a little bit of background. So yes, Seamus and I went to uh, NAU together mm-hmm. in Flagstaff, Arizona, Northern Arizona University. Fairly small school. Fairly small. Not necessarily known for its theater department in no. terms of like it's more known for like small its forestry department. and its hotel programs. Yes, it is, I isn't think. it? Yeah, forestry, um, but, for- but mostly for- the forestry. But mostly forestry. Our our, our uh, mascot was a lumberjack. lumberjack. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Forestry. Um, and but in you and I, and there are a lot of us that I mean, for me at least, and this is. I get confused because I then transferred to SF State, so I have like I a meet SF people who State all the time pocket. who I go who, who go oh you know I went to college with Janet Varney and, and, and they go like, and they wait go wait a minute wait a minute you know in San Francisco I went to college with like I go yeah. oh no prior to that right prior to that I get, <laughs> went to college with. I gotta tell you I, it does I mean I I don't think I've made a, a secret about this to my NAU alums but I do feel like because I left at the first half of my junior year that you guys all stayed in better touch. Maybe that's a perception from the outside. It's it from seems the outside. Like, okay. It I was seems really bad like about it. a lot of people, I, yeah. I sort of went off to grad school, and then I, I, I got in touch with a few people when we all moved out here, and then I kind of quickly lost touch and yeah. made a bunch of new friends. Yeah, I don't know. It's just making your way in the world. So, okay. Yeah. Maybe, so, no, you're not alone. You're yeah. not alone. Yeah. I think maybe you and I are the least. I don't know. I always feel like if I get a little, like I'll get a text from like Matt Morton or something mm-hmm. and because I do keep in touch with him uh, and he'll be like, oh, yeah, Bert and Forrest and, you know. And Dylan. Uh, Dylan all, and Garrett. Like, all we hanging out like Gavin. We were all talking like, about oh, you guys you in case, school and I was like, oh, I didn't well, get I mean, I'd like to, text. yeah. <laughs> I think I've seen those kind of uh, colleagues yeah, maybe once. Yeah, since I came down, they to they were kind of a tighter pack. Maybe I was yeah. kind of on the perimeter of the pack. Yeah, I'm a pack perimeter. You're, I think, I, I kind of think I am too. Yeah, that's okay. um, but you know what I do have, and I'm very sad that this that I forgot to do this before uh, the work started getting done in my other room. But is that I do have my Cat Stevens songbook? <gasps> do you that you gave me? Oh my god! It, I have. Ex- I kept exactly three songbooks from when I was like very yeah. ardent about playing guitar. Yeah, and uh, and one of them is the is oh, the really? Cat Stevens that, that you? and you wrote, and you wrote like a little note to me and stuff in it. And Aww. I can't go in there because there's no floor. Oh. It's Otherwise, okay. I was going to get it out and oh. be like, take a look at this, everybody. I think I got that at Bookman's or something. Or I would hope so. Something over there. Yeah, I would definitely yeah. hope I so. Like, oh, my God. I, I bet Jen will love this. And That's you live like two blocks gift. away. Yeah. So I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it That's was funny. NAU, so we all kind of lived two blocks play? away, probably. As I look, guiltily look at a 12, <laughs> both guitar. a 12-string hmm. and a regular uh, acoustic guitar. Oh, that Not l- really. That lonely Martin sitting in the yeah, corner. Yeah, it's oh. like missing a string. And oh. then that the 12-string has, its neck is a a little bit warped so it falls out of tune all the time so oh. I'm bit, and I'm very lazy about keeping it in tune um, so the sad answer is I really don't mm. but I could you'd like to I mean I guess if I would like to I probably would huh yeah but you know <laughs> do you play an instrument I can't remember I play piano yeah you do, I actually yeah absolutely I play piano, play piano. Yeah. I, and I try to play every day mostly just Good for myself you. yeah um you know what are you what makes you happy to sit down and um, I'll play some jazz. I'm trying to get better about uh, improvising um, because I feel like, and I think this is a general trend with myself in, in my life, very, um, 
I'm very right-brained uh, with a lot of my work, very structured and everything. So like getting to the point where I, I unlock that other side that I can't control and then maybe don't want to, I, I kind of do that with, with my piano. That makes playing, sense. That's where I just great. sort of be creative with it and not sort of like, oh, let me memorize these chords. Discipline. Let me get this thing. Yeah. Let me figure out what scale I'm in. Let me figure out all those things and, and sort of be free with it a little bit more. So it's almost like I guess an improvisation with anything, with writing or, or anything else, sort yeah. of saying like, okay, what's that other side that doesn't need to be in control? What's that side saying? So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, listen, I promise not to find a way to take every single comment that either one of us makes back to NAU, but I will say <laughs> that when you said that, the first thing that flashed to my head was that Joe Turner Cantu, mm -hmm. one of our professors, uh, like fully yelled at me for being too in my head and too intellectual Ooh. and like made me do like Sam Shepard roles and stuff. Right. With the, you know, with the direction of you're too in your head, you need to be in your body. You need to be raw. Right. It does this. I don't want to give you a character that's overthinking anything. I want right. to give you a character that's just like operating via, you know, on instinct yeah. and stuff. And that's really interesting. Yeah. That was, that must've been, I mean, and when you're like 19 or 20, you're kind of like, I don't, I, I don't think I can fly without that. You mean, you mean I, I need to have structure, yeah. the, the words and the way I've been taught that art is supposed to work. I, we rehearse this and I memorize and we just do the thing and we don't, how yeah. interesting that you ended up in improv I know. from that. I know. Cause I always tell people, they're Crazy. like, Oh, how long have you done improv? Like you were probably one of those people who started a group in high school. And I was like, no, 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 no. You weren't even in naughty bits. I was in, uh, in, uh, I wasn't in naughty bits. Sorry, our little, that was our improv group that we had yeah. in Northern Arizona University. I think that just came up with Colton Dunn because he absolutely was a person who ah. started improv in high school and I we were talking about like improv in college and stuff and I said yeah there was a we had I went to NAU and there was a group called the Naughty Bits and he thought that was pretty clever and great and I was like it was great and I had no sense of like it didn't even occur to me it wasn't a thing where I was like right hmm should I I was like oh that's not for that I don't I'm not part of that right so it wasn't like how could I oh maybe I could be part of it right. it was like a, it was a foregone conclusion like, that that I'm, belonged to someone else that's those they're, those are all those kind of people of actors yeah. where they're good on their feet or yeah. something and they can come up with something standing in a line and everything. Yeah. The couple times oh. that I did it, I was just like terrified. <laughs> yeah. It's very scary. Oh, you yeah, have to really get was. used to that. And short form games are a whole different kettle of fish than yes. long form. Short yes. form is short form continues to feel like a tremendous amount of pressure to yeah. me to just be you know, funny all the time. Yeah, you one have liners. you have bing one. Bang. Yeah, you have bing one bang, chance. Bang, bang. I'm going to you. I'm now. I'm going to you. Coming to you. You better have some. Right. What's gonna happen? Like that yeah, is that's very a lot of pressure, not. Yeah, yeah that's we not did my it. Thing. When and it was really funny because when I went off to graduate school, um, improv was such a big part of our process, um, and it was really based on like the later. Uh, end of life kind of work of Stanislavski, where it was like they we learned how to create the structure. <clears throat> we learned the events, um, the the kind of the framework of everything, and then the rest our teacher wouldn't allow us to memorize in the lines until like right before we did it. Nice. So like weeks and weeks we were improvising. Um, Uncle Vanya. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I've never been exposed to that it kind was of fantastic. That's really cool. You find a lot of like inner monologue and things start coming out, and like you kind of know the words and you kind of know what's going on, but you're not really focused on that. You're really more focused on behavior and when things change, and. 
uh, it was very freeing. And so like that was probably my only real improv training was doing that. Yeah. But once you do that, you're kind of like, yeah, I'm fine without a script. Whatever, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Where, did, where did you go to grad school for those? Who uh, Carnegie Mellon in the Moscow Art Theater. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was uh, right after NAU. I, I went there. I was very young, so I don't think I retained um, as much as I would if I was older. Yeah. Um, I was 20 when I started and graduated when I was 21. So, you know, you're 21. What the hell do you know? <laughs> yeah. Is there overlap with you and like um, Zach or like uh, Zach Sean was an undergrad Eater there. or um, do you know those guys? Uh, yeah, yeah. I know Zach. Zach was a junior when I was there. Okay. He was he was in the undergrad when I was there. Uh, Joe Manganiello was a freshman, I think. Um, one of my classmates tried to get in a fight with him like the very first fucking week of school Why? and i'm like i'm like dan yeah well there was some uh, machismo stuff going on so I that's guess. Uh, that happens so yeah so that's me in a nutshell yeah machismo major <laughs> machismo You're always getting in fights i remember yeah. you back then no listen, scrapper I, I was constantly well i was pickpocket oh also God. so that yeah, really well, you know and I a shoplifter yeah, and you know yeah. all this but that's college i was up to we're, no good we're all acting out yeah and i just would constantly try to beat up the biggest guy in the room which mm-hmm. i would assume that joe was prison rules i think i yeah, mean that's yeah that's what you have to do but so, is that, was your yeah. was dan like a dude dude like he was, was he uh, sort of the mirror image of someone of, of oh uh, yeah yeah he was he was his same Funny. size and there was kind of a thing we we got kicked out of a bar in boston dan uh, again got in a fight with because we were our first semester was next to harvard um over there in cambridge and we went to that same bar that was in goodwill hunting oh wow Ah, that no longer exists, exists in Harvard Square. And we almost got in a fight and uh, we, we left that place too. I was just like, oh my God. It's like, is there just going to be a lot of fighting in grad school? <laughs> is that what, like, what, what happens when we go to Moscow? Is, this, is, is there going to be a lot of fighting? Yeah. I... <laughs> oh my God. How was Moscow? Moscow was wonderful. It was great because it was still a little Soviet. Um, and so things were a little bit dirty, a little bit run down and you could kind of go, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This place, uh, was the, uh, the Soviet Union. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was changing enough that there was still some like Western kind of comforts there. But yeah, I mean, it was great. I, you, you kind of had to walk around and speak Russian and survive on your own. And, um, you could go into any theater and kind of flash your student pass from the Moscow Art Theater and, and get in for free. Um, and kind of like. You, they would do this like this seat stealing thing <laughs> where you'd sit down in somebody's seat and you just wait for somebody to kick you out and you go, Oh, he's a Nietzsche. You, uh-huh. you'd, you'd just apologize. Oh, you'd like grab your fake ticket and, <laughs> and, you, and you'd go and you'd go find another empty seat. And then when the lights came down and, and you were still sitting in that seat, you knew you were safe. But yeah. yeah. I played that game all over Moscow. So I mean, that's yeah. a pretty amazing. And I, I will volunteer that the um, very, very, very sad version of that is going to the arc light where there's a signed seating mm-hmm. and then you realize that you would rather be sitting somewhere else and yeah. the tension of picking a new seat wondering if pounding, someone's gonna come someone's you're gonna be made up for a fraud I'll tell you, it and you're is, just like i just i'm just here to watch the movie I yeah this is not part of it yeah oh my god the I cops planned are ahead. always standing by they're always ready to kick right you out. outside i'm sorry sir you yeah. have to get out of this seat yeah. Yeah, yeah so i i guess i'm saying i understand uh a little <laughs> bit about what it was like to be in, in moscow mm-hmm. um Similar. but yeah i mean that really is like this, this, I'm over, I'm, I'm oversimplifying this very much and I'm, and I'm generalizing in a huge way, but, um, but, but, the, but there were a few places that we had a sense. I mean, obviously to have the culture shock of going to like a small place in Africa would be extremely, 
shocking to the system, I think. Mm -hmm. But in terms of places that um, we are, we're constantly being bombarded with the idea of its existence and the idea of its otherness, Mm -hmm. you know, for us, for our childhood, it very much was like, you know, like yeah Very everyone odd. you know I mean, Gorbachev and yeah. this and that and all like, the stuff like and I always I, I always try to remember this too like all the times that we were supposed to be like like the Russians are our enemies or something and here I am drinking vodka with yeah, them yeah exactly and night. that exactly and they love me and they're really kind to me like what that's the hell so, that's a big deal like yeah. uh, I think I think that Eye-opening. and like communist China you know what I mean or if mm. like I mean, obviously you couldn't have gone to North Korea but and can't but those places where someday I will there where oh someday when that regime when changes when you open up that theater there <laughs> and you're just doing nothing but yeah. again Sam Shepard Sam Shepard or, or Neil Simon that's that, right that, North Koreans love Neil Simon I think. or just noises off <laughs> yeah. they're so scared and worried about things going wrong yeah in the play yeah um how sad but yeah I, th- I think that's I mean that's what I think that's such an important uh and an extraordinary experience that I sort of wish I could have had to be at that age and to to have it not be other anymore to mm-hmm. have it be something that's familiar and and is and very much humanizes people and oh all yeah that kind of stuff. well so i mean cool. and that's the part of the thing my, my wife's really into travel she's a, a travel writer and you know we always go around to all these places and, and and the whole idea was sort of like you're gonna meet nice people wherever you go and it makes the world feel so much more small when you meet them and you go oh my god these people are awesome like we were just in armenia and the republic of georgia and the, the, everyone there was so nice and azerbaijan everyone was really super nice yeah and you go okay yeah it's really these people are amazing their their governments are probably assholes but right. but these people are amazing and, and you, it, it makes you kind of look at the world through a different filter at that point absolutely so, and, and at a very young age you're right yes yeah that's what that was like it was sort of like okay i know nothing all these assumptions I've made, I know nothing. Yeah. So, and that was a, a good feeling to know. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, we're going to take a break. I will be back after a word from our wonderful buddies at Maximum Fun. Hi, I'm Dave. Hi, I'm Graham. And we're two house DJs who have been trapped inside our drum machine. We love it here, and we'd love if you stopped by and visited us every week. On Stop Podcasting Yourself here on MaximumFun.org. We're just a couple of doofuses from Canada. And listen to our show or perish. (laughs) Stop podcasting yourself on MaximumFun.org. Did you travel much before going to Moscow? Like, did you, when you were a, a kid, no. did you do any traveling? With uh, we stayed in the United States a lot. We yeah. we did road trips a lot. I saw a lot of the United States. Um, we would <laughs> go to Michigan a lot because it's where I I'm born, um, and uh, so we would go back and forth like every summer, I think. And then, of course, everything around Arizona and and California, a little bit of New Mexico and Utah, a lot of yeah. Utah. I don't know why I was in Utah a lot. My, my mom was an anthropologist, so, like, there's a lot of, like, um, natural landmarks there and a lot True. of, True. Like, it's a beautiful state. It Let's is not beautiful. Lie to ourselves. Yeah, southern Utah is amazing. Yeah. So there's a lot of cool stuff to look at. So yeah. Bryce Canyon, Zion, probably all those places you were forced to go to as well. Well, I'll tell you what. <laughs> I My, yes, and but, but my memory of Utah uh, was sort of vague and, like, it did have some sort, it was like, some of it was very much steeped in Salt Lake City, just because I had, you know, my grandmother's family 
um, is from there and mm-hmm. Provo and like very much LDS and all that. So I sort of thought of the purpose of Utah as being like, yep, that's the Mormon state, that's which you... many people do. Right. And I don't feel like I did get as much of the wilderness and the the monuments, but you really can. Like we, Brandon and I were our, did a road trip um, for Christmas where we ended in Colorado and spent the night in St. George because it's halfway ish. Mm-hmm. And we're just like on a lark. Like, I mean, do you want to see if there's just like a hike or a park or something we can do in, in St. George? Within the city limits of St. George is mm-hmm. a place called Snow Canyon. And it's one of the most spectacularly beautiful places I've ever wow. seen. And wow. it was just like a random, like, before we hit the road, let's stretch our legs and take a wander let's somewhere. See what's up here. And we pulled in and we're like, oh my God, yeah. this is another, I feel like I'm on a different planet because it had yeah. all those just amazing dunes and red rocks and it was like You start to see why people move, move to a lot of those places yeah. that go like, you know what, I kind of like like this much more than a city so absolutely oh, cool. yeah, absolutely yeah. and there's some sort of shakespeare festival possibly in southern utah yeah yeah southern utah university don't they do the utah shakes yeah yeah that must be it yeah 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 i just knew that i had seen something there but i couldn't remember like, what exactly the, where it was associated yeah. with yeah yeah uh when, and then when you were in high school where'd you go to high school i went to high school uh mojave high school in bullhead city mm-hmm. arizona mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's a population of approximately it was uh between twenty seven thousand and thirty five thousand people there's kind of mid-sized town we were right across the river from laughlin nevada mm-hmm. so all the casinos kind of grew up around all of that yeah um and that's a specific, on the Colorado River. Yeah. That one is a real specific oh, yeah. experience. <laughs> it's very small. Yes. It's fairly shabby. Uh, yes. At least in my memory. It's easy living. It's There's easy living, There's kind of yeah. like a lifestyle there that's just like kind of low cost and yeah. simple. You know? Yeah. I'm not saying that I shouldn't say what I should, what I mean when I say shabby, I mean the casinos are kind of shabby. Oh, yes. Do you know what casinos. I mean? Like yes. not the town. I mean, I wouldn't say that, but yeah, the town <laughs> itself. I remember like, I remember I went there possibly with Matt Murray, like on some sort of road trip. Uh uh And, uh, we got, we pulled in and like, it was a good, it was like, Oh, let's stop here. And you know, Oh, this is fun. Hey, look, it's not Vegas. It's not Tahoe. It's Laughlin. Like there's a river. That's pretty cool. That's unusual. for It seems like this would be amazing to have. Yeah. (laughs) And then we went into like a very sad shabby casino and there were just all these old people at the slot machines and like the cliche of the smoke and the robots and the like expressionless just putting in of coins. Yeah. And I stood there for a minute and then I got a spontaneous nosebleed. Did you really? And I was like, this feels this feels right. This is a this sign. Feels, yep. <laughs> this feels like we got to get out of here, guys. Let's, uh, yeah. Dollar ninety nine steak and eggs is yeah. not worth this. <laughs> we got to go. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. It, it had kind of a, there. I, I go back and whenever I see it, it's like there's like a sad desperation of kind of there. you like, you know, playing the, the nickel slot machines. Yeah. And you're just sort of like, oh my God, what, is this even fun anymore? Yeah. Or is this somewhere just like where you check in? Yeah, you don't get a day. sense of like the high roller sweep. <sighs> the know, joy. Sort of there's kind of a lack of joy. There's kind of just like a, 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 a routine that people go through. I did a play at one of those casinos when <gasps> I was 11 oh, years my. old. The very first professional play I ever did. We did Camelot at the Riverside Resort Casino. Amazing. I'm 11 years old and had to walk through the casinos just smelling like smoke. I'd come home every (laughs) night just like, have you been smoking? He's like, no, I had to walk through the casino to get to the theater. That was probably a good deterrent for you. I mean, did you ever take up smoking? Oh, yeah, I did. I think you had left. Never mind. You had left at that point. Oh. You were gone. Were you a brewing I started smoking because you left. I started smoking. No, I... I (laughs) 
I did it for a play. I did it for a goddamn play because oh, no. I wanted to be convincing on stage. There's there's invisible quote marks for right. those of you guys <laughs> not in the room on our podcast. I wanted to be convincing as yeah. an actor, yeah. as a smoker. Yeah. And so I started smoking and like half the cast started smoking. What it was, was the play? Um, uh, what was it? It was uh, Lend Me a Tenor. Okay. And Mac uh, directed it. It was my senior year. It was my very last year there. So yeah. um, we there was a lot of smoking. I've convinced myself he hated me. No, he loved you. Mm. He probably wanted you to stick around, but but I, I'm sure he, I, he was. You. I feel like I he was mad at me for some reason after Merry Wives of Windsor. Why? I don't need to air that here. Why? I don't know. I don't know. He was just. I mean, he was. He could be kind of a tough cookie. And yeah, I just he was. Did, I feel I like he didn't like he me fully either. Warmed to me, right? You know right. what I mean. It wasn't until you look. I. It, Mac was a complicated guy. I I don't know. I I think there's a little part of my body that still wants acceptance from him. Rest in peace, Mac Groves. But yeah. like, there's still a part of of me that that wants him to go. You know, Seamus, you're pretty you're good. You're all right. The words yeah. I never ever heard from him, even okay, years that's later. Good to know, no, I it's, definitely. It's one of those relationships. Of those, you yeah. never got that. That you got a little bit of an attaboy. Yeah. But you, he wasn't very like expressive as far as like joy that that you were you were on the right track and everything. Right. I mean, he wanted me to be a stage man manager or house manager <laughs> like as a career yeah he was like you know house management's pretty good you know it's it's just like a it's it's a real kind of like oh, you know there's no. a paycheck there and they always need house managers right. and i'm like i'm like mac i want to be an actor I'm, yeah i'm sorry man so yeah look That's we yeah so funny. you're not alone there was always a feeling like i i don't I don't know that he actually likes me and yeah. I don't know that he actually approves of okay. my, my choices, but yeah. You know. Like I never would have had him as like an advisor. Do you know he what was I mean? mine. I had Joe. Yeah, Joe. Okay. And like, let's be honest, that's totally, it couldn't be less of a surprise that I would <laughs> want to be around the like sensitive, gay, right. theatrical, right. like thoughtful, right. you know, emotive to you about whether you're good or bad at something. Can like, we, of course can we talk about just something that I find fascinating? So, so like I, I've been watching your work um, and you're, you're very funny. People don't know how good of a dramatic actress you are. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. It's, I can't. It, it no, fucking no one, shocks me no that I'm cares. like, they're like, Oh, you know, Janet just, she's, she's really funny. I go, Oh well, yeah, she is. But Oh my God. Like, that's not what I know her as. <laughs> I mean, so it's it's like you're you're speaking of a different person uh, than the one that I welcome knew. to typecasting in LA. I came <laughs> it's down. Up. I came down having come out of doing the Aspen Comedy Festival in a sketch troupe. Yeah, and boy, oh boy, people are like she does that right. Yeah. Let's make that the only thing she does. I never so. get auditions for drama ever. Ah, so weird. I never get auditions for comedy. Really? Yeah, really. What did, you, did you? But what about Castle? Was not like Castle started out as like we we lucked into that um, only because it was supposed to be a cop show, um, and then I think I watched what Nathan did in the pilot presentation because um, I was cast after they had done like a they did like a twenty eight minute pilot presentation thing, um, and I watched Nathan and I go oh there's a bit of fun here and then I watched John Huertas who, who eventually played my partner on that um, and there was some fun stuff that he was doing I go, oh shit these cops get to have fun yeah okay okay so like with that in mind they didn't trust that at first it took a like Nathan was the only one that was allowed to be funny yeah because um, Nathan called the shots with, with what his choices were right and everyone went along with it and it was only after they sort of trusted that we could have this blend of mystery a little bit of drama that we could have some comedy in there as well yeah um some lightness let's say right. uh and 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 we we went along with that and we developed our own thing with it and like it's funny because all these other shows are have been trying to copy that that weird little chemistry mixture that we've had for uh for a few years now but 
yeah, so I we just kind of lucked into that. But initially, it was it was super serious. Oh, interesting. You know, I had come off of uh, a General Hospital. <laughs> uh, <laughs> into you, that you take a moment and then laugh. <laughs> just, yeah. it's a memory lap yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well you really had that i mean that's that is a whole other experience right mm-hmm. i mean must have felt like i say this with with having not auditioned for or done a day on a soap opera i don't know but but my sense of it is that it it, it i just don't see how it couldn't feel like night and day different from doing like a yeah three camera comedy or a single cam oh yeah yeah i mean you have to take it seriously and sometimes the words are ridiculous and because they were written very quickly Uh um and you know and you you have to just commit you know it's like with anything like like growing up doing shakespeare or musicals or anything like that you just have to commit right and you kind of go okay i'm gonna commit and this is probably wrong but i'm gonna commit right um and i'm not gonna look back and judge myself but i just have to commit so what was was like anything so i played dr ian devlin Amazing. You're silently laughing. I love it. <laughs> Dr. Ian, Ian Devlin, Devlin he, was a, he was a cancer doctor um, <laughs> who had a past of his son had died of cancer. So oh. he came to Port Charles uh-huh. uh, with the idea of, um, of bringing in experimental uh, potentially Chinese drugs <laughs> to Port Charles to test them on people right. in the hospital and to cure cancer. Wait, but was he secretly testing them without people knowing? Or was yes. Like, oh, he was kind of doing his Dr. own drug Devlin. protocol. Yeah. I dare say. And then and then things changed when the writers strike ended. <laughs> and then, and then, and then, and then, the, the, and then the, the original head writer came back. And then all of a sudden I started being involved with some of the drug dealers in town. And these weren't not, these weren't um, like cancer drugs anymore. They were, they were somehow like, like heroin. That I, I was like, I'm, I'm a drug dealer. And, the, the, the pivotal moment where I knew things were kind of really headed for a bad end for my character was um, me and the two bad guys on the on the show um, were meeting to to talk about a, a moment that that we were going to set up and try to assassinate the main mobster on the show whose name was Sonny and, and we're standing there in the room and uh, and uh, we're we're rehearsing this thing and and uh, and and the lines the lines are like this like okay so the, a doctor and two two mobsters and two drug um, like traffickers are in a room sitting there like well here's the meeting the meeting's going to happen here in this coffee warehouse he's going to he- come here to inspect a pallet of coffee as coming in from Costa Rica. Uh-huh. And we're, and we're standing there. We're standing there, and it's like, well, it'd be a perfect place. Up there's a blind. He can easily be taken out from oh up there. And then the one drug trafficker goes, well, I'm not going to do it. And the other drug trafficker goes, well, I'm not going to do it. And then it gets to me, the <laughs> cancer doctor. And then my line is, well, then I'll do it. And and I'm like, oh, What about no. your Hippocratic oath? Oh, no. Exactly. Oh, exactly. Boy. Do no harm. I'm going to kill this guy. So, so, yeah, I tried to assassinate him. I ended up shooting his son in the head, and they put the son in a coma, replaced the actor, made him six years older. And I was soon off of that show getting shot. Like it wasn't anything I did personal. It was just like a, and, and I remember going up to the the head writer's office. like, what, what, what happened? I was supposed to do this thing. He's like, well, yeah, but you know, you tried to kill his son. So (laughs) the inevitable is going to have to happen. Like, you know, (laughs) 
this could have been prevented. I like working here. What's going on? And then all of a sudden you, you're like, all right, the writing's on the wall. I will right. be off this show pretty soon. So yeah. but when, but after you were off of it, was there a sense of like, you know what? I'm glad this happened because I wouldn't necessarily have left voluntarily. Yeah. But X, yeah. Y, Z. A lot of the, it's the me. golden handcuff thing. It's a yeah. lot of people get, um, get very comfortable on that and they, they never leave. So for me, like doing five months of it and then, and then getting off was like perfect. And yeah. it helped me, it helped set me up for the next thing I, I was doing, which was great. Um, but yeah, there was sort of a, and initially I was, you know, I, the, I called my wife the first thing was like, Hey, I just read the next script. They're killing me. And she's like, she's like, Oh my God. She's like really upset. Cause we're finally like starting to become out of debt. We're saving money. This is a good thing. Right. Um, we're not worrying about the next job. I was like, I think four months out of catering, like I had, I had stopped catering only to work on General Hospital, yeah. And so I was like, okay, this is this is good. And then she was very upset, and I go, I and I just said, no, take a breath. It's okay, we're gonna be all right. This is gonna be fine. This is this is a good thing. Good things will happen. So just like relax, okay. So yeah. Um, so yes, and then fortunately, I was right. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> fortuitous uh, oh boy did yeah. you did you do the thing where because you, you know it happens sometimes um and it goes back to what you were saying about about the commitment um of it all mm. D- was there a time when like did you have a did you did you sort of suspend a natural uh instinct to laugh at what was happening were you like you know what i think this might be a really important show or like this, this and i'm not saying it's not by the way because people love soap operas and mm-hmm. they those characters become very important to them and and i i'm making it sound like there there are people are that are less than me i don't feel that way at all and right. i actually have a lot of really smart friends who are like yeah i don't give a shit These i love my General Hospital. Shut up, yeah Janet. i live one, i watch them one life to live i'm proud i watch gh every day yeah yeah <laughs> but yeah so but, but and and i have plenty of things that you know i'm sure other people are like why do you care about that or you know whatever um and I don't even feel that way about soaps uh, of like, I can't understand. I totally get it. Um, but to your point of what you just described, that's absolutely outrageous. Mm. Um, what you, what your character started getting into and what you were doing was yeah. there, but, but, but for your own sake as an actor, did you sort of suspend all of that and just yeah. go, yeah, listen, um, I'm in Dr. Devil is a lot of trouble. I'm going to kill this guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, you, I, I did. I did. I, I took it seriously because it was, I, I feel like it's one of those things that you're either all the way in. You can't really be halfway in with some of those things. Or people will sense that you're yeah, being ironic you're or taking the an piss, apology you know, in your, yeah. as you're doing it. And you kind of like say like, well, that's no good because then, yeah. and you see the actors that do that and you can tell there's kind of like this little corner of their lips that are like, oh my God, this is, <laughs> Sneer. what I'm saying is fucking ridiculous <laughs> and I know it, but th- that goes back to judging. Yeah. You know, you're judging the material as you do it and I don't think that's ever the best position for anything um, unless that's what you're supposed to be doing. But right. I, I, I think most most work, you, you probably just have to commit no matter what. Yeah. It's, like, I, well, it's like the thing of comedy, right? You know, playing it seriously and, and let the comedy take care of itself. The moment you start giving it whatever kind of energy that needs to, that you feel is playing the comedy, then it's not funny, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's sort of the same thing. You have to just go at the truth yeah. and let everything else take care of itself, I think. Can we use that as a segue to just acknowledge how wonderful the movie Soap Dish is? It's a wonderful it's movie. It's pretty wonderful. Yeah, yeah. You look back on it and you're like, oh my God. I mean, there's, there's definitely, so much, yeah. There's so much right there. That yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a, they did an extraordinary thing, I think. That might have been a little bit ahead of its time in the, Very in the much sort so. of like meta way, you yeah. know, of it all. Very much so. Um, yeah. Uh, so... 
let me go back to high school in Bullhead City for a second. Okay. Uh, what how what kind of kid were you? Uh, how you were obviously at eleven, you were already doing theater, so you were one of those kids that just like got bit by the bug early and found a way to do it, even though you weren't in New York City. You know, even though you weren't like you still saw that as a path. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it was, you know, I don't even know if I just, I lucked into it or whatever, but I was exposed very, very young, um, to it. I think it was whenever they did plays that they needed kids. Um, my parents were teachers at the local high school. So whenever they did those plays, they needed the children like, okay, well, what kids do we know that are around here? And, and my dad was always, um, uh, a set designer and everything. He's, he's an amazing artist. Um, and my mom was a history teacher. Uh, my dad also taught English and everything. But uh, it was one of those things that were like, okay, well, me and my sister were kind of like, there you go. You need some orphans? Here you go. Right. <laughs> they, could, they could be an Annie. Here you yeah, go. They yeah. can be in, uh, they can be the the little no-neck monsters in uh, Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. Uh-huh. That's my very first play. It was, was Cat on a Hot Tin that's, Roof. That's pretty cool to be able to say. Yeah. I was uh, Buster the no-neck monster. Uh, 1982. Um, and so, and so being thrust out there and you go, Oh, I kind of like this. And like, Oh my God, people are laughing at what I'm doing. Oh, this is, Oh, people are, Oh wow. This is really neat. And, yeah. and then singing on stage through musicals and everything, um, shortly thereafter, you kind of go, Oh, all right, this is something I can do. I don't seem to be afraid of it and I'm having fun doing it. Um, it was just sort of the thing that I, I was known as the kid who does that. So like I was always in choir. I was always in any performance opportunity. I was always that kid. Um, so yeah, I, beside that, I was a smart kid, you know, um, and I got good grades and, um, I studied hard and did all those other things, but, um, and like a little bit of sports and everything, but I was always really just a nerd. It was the, the, the true heart of it was sort of just like, okay, yeah. <sighs> um, yeah, which was which was very tough during the junior high year. Did you enjoy your junior high years? I mean, there were things I enjoyed about it, and then everything else feels like it was like the worst I've ever felt. Yeah, most of the time, everything's changing. Yeah, I don't for for boys. It's that like everywhere. I was my 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 nephew was just out with us here. Um, and my sister lives in Wisconsin now. And so she sends her nephew out or her son out to, to hang out with us. And he loves my wife and hanging out with us and everything. And, um, and he's 12. So he's just entering into that time. So I'm, you know, boring him with all these talks about like, you know what, take away their power. They're going to call you names. Right. But you know, you don't have to allow them to have that. You can not accept that and take yeah. away their power. And he's like, Oh, Uncle Seamus. Yeah. Um, so like remembering those times, that's, very fresh in my mind of like it was it was tough being a kid back then I there was everyone wanted to grow up all the boys wanted to beat the other boys up uh-huh. so there was just like any weakness that you showed was yeah. just exploited every single day and made fun of and kind of like I mean it could be just the clothes you wore or whatever so not fun I'm gonna not get fun. just to get biological for a second do you think yeah. that that is kind of the surge of testosterone yeah. like that there's this like sort of yeah anger that you don't really know you can't find a place for i mean at best at worst you know it's a cycle of bullying and kids were you know yeah. get beat up by their parents and awful awful stuff like that right. but this is how you be a man yeah i think there's a lot of like um kind of repeating behaviors from back at home or yeah maybe an older brother or dad or something this is what a man behaves like a man can beat people up a man right. can do all these things so and uh and then like and then also that goes along with that is like all of a sudden you're attracted to girls and the girls don't want to have anything to do with you because they want the older boys and you're just like, oh my God, I junior high is just hell. Yeah. Yeah. It was really, it was really hard. And I was going to a school that was like a magnet school, but mm. you know, 
was you went there because you were into the arts in some way. And so oh, it should cool. have been a Should've safer different. space, I think. Yeah, but, but it's it just still like had a lot of just the same thing, but happening. we went to rehearsal instead. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Someone tripped me on stage instead of yeah, in the hallway. It's good. That's really just Someone the only just difference. Bullied me backstage. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no big Shit. deal. Oh, God. <laughs> it never changes. Oh, have you ever had um, that sort of um, seminal moment where, like, a bull- you, you've seen somebody that you grew up around who was like, hey, man, I was real dick to you. I'm sorry about that. I, I, I have not... Um not any apologies, but here's here's what the interesting energy that my my own experience with it um, uh, is that I go back home and I, I think I went home. Uh, one of my best friends is his father passed away like six or seven months ago, so it was a good excuse to go home and um, and see everyone there. And a lot of my friends from high school were there, and then of course a lot of people who never moved away or moved away and came back and are now raising their family. They're all really proud of me, um, and that was I guess an apology in a way. I mean, they may have, might have forgot how much of a dick they were to me, but but they're all really proud of me. And that sort of is like one of those things like, oh, I'd expect come back and people like just trying to tear me down. Like, right. who do you think you are? Who do you right. think you are, Shims Dever? Um, but they're all really proud of me. It's like, yeah, I mean, we watch you every week, me and oh, the whole family. Great. And you're just like, wow, you were such a dick to me in high school. <laughs> but I'm hearing this, I'm seeing this energy here yeah. and I'm I'm really saying like, oh, wow, you you... You don't feel that way anymore. In fact, you're really nice to me now. It's like, wow, okay. Yeah. So it's an apology and it's and it's it's a nonverbal apology. Right. But but I still I get that energy and I kind of go, Oh, don't judge these people. We were all stupid children. Yeah. So, you know. God, you're right. It's possible that they just don't they may not even remember. Yeah, might not. Because it seems like the people who that are that are mean, it just has less I mean, you know, that's that it would just be that case. That somebody right. that somebody we were just messing around, to man. You, exactly. I know, it? Yeah. And then you're like, I know it's going to scar you for deal. life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was a pretty big deal to me. Yeah. Jerk. Yeah. Yeah. And also you don't want to, yeah, you don't want to be that person that's no. like, hey, listen, I'm glad that you feel that way, but also please say right. you're sorry for this thing. Right. That you may like, or may like, not I'm not going to talk to you for another minute. You just apologize for that thing you did in 10th grade. Yeah. You remember the biology class where you were an asshole to me. You yeah. remember. <laughs> um, the worst is like, I think that the sort of the pinnacle of the whole thing, there was a moment, um, I think it was, was it seventh or eighth grade where um, I got, uh, there was one teacher there. It was a biology teacher. Oh my God. Um, this this well, one of my friends is a vegetarian because of this guy. Um, <laughs> to this day, that was like the turning point of his life, where he's like, "Nope, I'm not going to eat meat anymore." And um, but but this guy, he called. He started. He went in front of the whole school. This is junior high. Oh God! It was <laughs> and it was the massive um, end of the year assembly thing. And he stood up there and he said, uh, "Can I have the following student come down? Seamus Dever, we have a special award for you." And I came down. I'm like, okay, you know, and a couple hundred people. People, everyone there in the gym and I stand in there and it's like and this award for this year goes to you somebody who gets good grades but we all know that you're the nerd of the year and they handed me a certificate that's nerd of the year and and if there was a moment where you could have everybody that you go to school with laugh at you at the same time oh god that happened to me. Ugh. Everybody laughing at me at the same time. Everybody going, he is a nerd, isn't he? And just like feeling that um, kind of like, and, and then just like, ah, right, nerd. Yeah, <laughs> good joke, everybody. I'm in on the joke too. <laughs> oh, um, but like having that as kind of like your kind of backstory origin yeah. moment of like, oh, I guess I was a nerd, you know? I um, know. 
so it's it's really funny the the this kind of nerd thing that this nerd culture that we have now and i and i'm i'm at I'm on two sides of it. There's the people that I feel like are nerd tourists who are like, oh yeah, I was a nerd. I was really into Star Wars. You're like, you weren't a nerd. Yeah. This is nothing that you were proud of at the moment. You wanted yes. to escape nerddom yes, yes. Um, because you knew people were not going to talk to you and you wanted to play that high school game or whatever. But then there's the other side of it that maybe empowers some kids now mm-hmm. that like that being a nerd is nothing to be ashamed of. So yeah. that you're like, all right, yeah, this does get better, I guess, in, in a certain way. Maybe they're right. Maybe there's another side of this I'm not thinking. So so I'm, I'm of two minds on it. Some people, I'm like, you weren't a nerd. And then the other people, I'm just like, oh, you know, you're giving people courage maybe that didn't have that before. Yeah. That it's okay. Yeah, to be absolutely. To be smart, to get good grades, yeah. to study, to want to escape your hometown. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Did you feel like, do you feel like there was a sort of steady progression in terms of like how you were accepted by your peers and, and what your interactions were like socially from like junior high, it gets better in high school, then it gets even better in college and it gets even better in grad school? Yeah. I mean, it was, it was sort of just like different groups of friends. I think it was like when I got into high school, all my best friends now, which I'm still really close to all of them. I met them in high school mm-hmm. um, with the exception of maybe one person, but, but most of the people I, I met like my sophomore year in high school. Uh, my best friend moved to town when I was a sophomore in high school. So it's kind of like, like these people are the friends that I get to choose, not mm-hmm. the people I've, I've known since I was six, yeah. you know? And so at that point, you know, and the same thing in college, like the friends that you're like, oh my God, I can choose my friends. You know, yeah. I don't have to have this person as a friend just because I'm in all these classes with them. Fuck yeah. Yeah. So then you, you're realizing you start to choose your identity and who you want to be associated with as well. So, yeah. 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 Well, I, I, what I what I I will say that one of the things that I associate with you in school was that you were fucking dead serious about theater. Like you really oh. were very passionate about it, and and you loved it. And I think there were people in the department who uh, who had a more casual relationship with it, or mm. who um, maybe didn't want to admit the seriousness that you very freely projected because oh. it was scary like oh. I, I know that's a weird psychoanalysis this is fascinating go on but, no no but, no, no, but no. i think there's i think there was like and I, I i can't say that for myself although i did have a sense of like where is this going to get me like i you right. know i just didn't know i was very very pragmatic i probably like if macros had told me to be a house manager i probably would be one today yeah. okay Mac. all it took all it would take <laughs> would be one person not believing in me yeah. and then i would be like sounds good guess i'll be a stage manager this seems or, right or a house manager yeah <laughs> um because i was so fragile i think in mm. that way mm. um and so but but i but i i don't I mean, i'm not saying like i I compare myself to you and go like, well, he was serious about it and I wasn't. Um, but I think looking back, I think there were people who were, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there were people who were um, aware that you had been doing it a long time and that it was, that, that it was, this was it for you. Oh, like you were very okay. clear, that like this, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah, yeah. This is what yeah. I'm going to do. And I think that, um, you know, when you're just kind of like, when some people are just like more kind of fucking around in in college and here to have fun not sure yeah. yeah and and not sure if it's cool to to take anything that seriously and do you know what i mean so yeah. i can see I see that, yeah. But I, mean, I also don't know. I'm like completely making this out. No, that's really, like, but this is interesting off, to hear this probably. outside perspective because like that that's 25 years ago. That's, yeah. Um, that's really interesting. I, I know that I committed to stuff and it was just sort of like maybe some sort of obsessive compulsive thing. I also know that when I got to college, um, I was intimidated by like 
everyone's knowledge around me. Hmm. Like I was like, oh my God, I know nothing. I got to catch up. I got to read that book. I got to see that movie, you know, having conversations with uh, Gavin and sort of talking about movies. You're like, I've never seen Last Tango in Paris. What is he talking about? He just made a reference. I don't know this reference. Yeah. He's a different kind of nerd. (laughs) Oh no. Why don't I know this stuff? Do I have to be? Yeah. Oh my God. Do I have to also know all that? I'm going to rent this movie on the way home and watch it tonight. Yeah. At Hastings. Yeah. Yeah. For 99 cents. (laughs) And and I have no idea what's going on and I I really need to catch up. And maybe it was going with people, always being with people that are older Mm because that kind of, that trended as well in, in graduate school. Um, the average age of the student in graduate school is like 24, 25. And I'm, I'm a couple years younger than everybody. I'm like, oh my God, I got to catch up. Yeah. Um, so maybe that there was always like a seriousness to feel like I was always a couple you know, steps behind. I'm in someone else's sandbox. I need to learn how to play with, with their toys. That's an right. awful <laughs> metaphor. Their, their sandbox toys. I think it makes sense. I think it um, absolutely makes sense. I think sense. maybe it was that sort of like driven thing. I mean, I don't know why I graduated college in three years. I made Mac crazy. Um, you know, he was, he was, I took 24 hours one semester. Oh my God. He was like, you're insane. And I was yeah. working at KNAU in the mornings too. I don't know how I did that. Yeah. Um, that was insane. Because um, I had a double major as well. And I was just like, what's wrong with me? Why yeah. am I in such a hurry? <laughs> Wait, what was your other major? I, would, I have a broadcast journalism degree. Oh my God. That I've I never known. Used. Yeah, I went to all these other journalism classes and that is communication classes that I had to take yeah. for that other degree. Yeah. And uh and I was just insane. I don't I think I was driven to get out. I you know what a part of it I think was also the small town syndrome because it was like I, I was I came from a small town and then Flagstaff is still pretty much a small oh, town. Yeah, absolutely. I'm like I'm like, well, how do I measure up with like in any sort of big city setting? I've never been to New York, I've never been to Los Angeles. Yeah. Like I need to get out there and, and start proving myself in those world sure these are really small ponds so i think my, i was maybe in a hurry to to get out there and start well i think that but and to me that's why there's there's nothing surprising to me about you being here and being successful because really? that you are you are an example that i can point to and say like you know and 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 i was actually saying this to colton about comedy and the fact that he became a comedy writer so early mm. because he was he just was like locked into that mm. from such a young age that um that I have tremendous respect for that. Like it feels better to me to know somebody and to know like, no, this was something that they were passionate about opposed to somebody who like, you know, came down here like as a pro wrestler and listen, I have all due respect to pro wrestlers, but that's a whole different conversation, like, or a reality show. Do you know what I mean? Like somebody in a reality show suddenly is like on a show that where they're acting and you're like, but what but, about all those pointing at people who are really, really like have been passionate about this forever and like what about all the really talented made it their, people their vocation the yeah. before there even was a vocation for them? You yeah. know what I mean? And what about like all those people who studied and well, it's eye opening, isn't it? Because like all the all the education you go through and and I have a hard time biting my tongue now when I like well, I'll talk to school groups or or um, or or students that are coming up and I'm like, okay, should I go to graduate school? Should I go to the and I'd be like, no. Nah. <laughs> yeah maybe you shouldn't even go to college maybe you should go yeah. out to hollywood and enroll in a class there and just start practicing like that and just audition and make a lot of mistakes and 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 that coming from like the the child of two teachers <laughs> i know i know it's amazing i know i'm just sort of like you know maybe you know maybe education isn't everything that it, it's you, there's a good education to be made out there in the real world and right. um well it's hard too when you because you know because you went to grad school and stuff i mean i that's a different relationship to like paying back debt and, mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that. I would imagine than mm-hmm. you know, somebody who just went to community college and was like, yeah, I came out with, you know, kind of a degree and 
I didn't owe anybody any money and that, you know, however, however that felt to not feel the pressure of that or, right. you know, which can be good and bad. It can be, it can push you forward because right. like you got to pay it off like, oh or God, it oh can cripple, you know, your, your, Oh yeah. And, yeah. and, and create that sort of sense of fear of like, Oh shit, I oh, bet shit. this now has to I work. To this has to work. Right. Yeah. Cause I'm so far in debt that I have to, I have to do something about it. Yeah. And, 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 and now I have to do something. About Absolutely. It yeah, yeah. Well, it's definitely one of those. I mean, I think this is true with probably anything and certainly the arts is too when people ask me like what do I do or how do I get there I I I'm so tongue-tied by the amount of different ways it can happen Mm -hmm. that it also feels like I can't tell you the way I can give you a path you might you might wait tables right out of call or right out of high school and get a job right you might go you know through a series of programs and right. and show promise and then for some reason it doesn't happen or it does happen but that's completely different from that like it's so different for everyone right, right. and so much of it has to be personal about like in a lot of cases I think it's like when are you ready like when are you ready to take on something that you're passionate about that because that's very scary it's risk isn't it that's what it is yeah Yeah. when are you ready when do you feel like you can you can take that risk without it being sometimes too soon right when was the feeling that you had in your life that it was like i'm risking and none of this shit might pay off (sighs) i mean i guess when i moved down here because it was the antithesis of everything that I was doing in San Francisco, which was like, I'll do whatever to live in the city because I was in love with the city. It's a great city. Yeah. yeah. And like, as soon as I made the choice to be in San Francisco, uh, theater became like a non-ish. Oh. I mean, I was like, it, it wasn't like I, I looked to ACT or anything like, I was like, well, that's not going to happen for me. Wow. Like I wouldn't, nobody's going to want to put me in a thing. So I guess if I want to live in San Francisco, I, I shouldn't be thinking about wow. doing that. And I, I, I went through the theater program because I had so many credits yeah. that when I found out what it would be like to change majors, I was like, oh, fuck no, you know? <laughs> so, but, but, but yeah. And then when, when everything sort of shifted and I came down here, like by virtue of being sort of dragged down here by people who were like, you're stupid, you're being stupid. Yeah, come you down know? and everything. So. And then when I, and so then when I started, I, I, I definitely was like, uh, Oh, this is terrifying. Like there was a, sort of a moment where there was a, some time where I was like, this is so it's like I'm on vacation. This is so weird. I can't believe my job is to, you know, <laughs> put on the short skirt because forever would be like right. the sassy, sexy right. girl. Sexy uh, but doesn't know it. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. Uh, and like dri- and like find out how to drive to Fox. Like that's my job. What? That's crazy. And Just then, show up and say these words. Yeah. What? And then when I started getting closer to stuff and I started testing or I, or I got jobs, there was kind of a moment where I was like, oh no, oh no, I want to do this. Oh, oh no. Right. Like, I guess I have to own that now. And I guess I'm that, an actor and then I was terrified. now. And yeah. it's no longer just sort of a, ah, I'll dip my toe in yeah. here and everything. So it was very defensive kind of like, ah, 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 I can always uh, I'm not really, I'm just, before. I'm just here for the opportunity to see if it's one of those things. Yeah. That's funny. I backed way into it. And then when we see people that we know from school, they're yeah. like, I knew you were going to, and I was like, yeah. no, wait, what about those 10 years? Wait, remember that I was like time running just, away from it as fast as I could, Yeah, you know? I, my indelible memory of you acting is uh, doing that lecture, the art lecture monologue in Heidi Chronicles. You were fantastic. I watched you every night. Oh, thanks. You were out there for a I long time. Doing that play. And you had to kind of climb that mountain yeah. every night. So you were great in that. Yeah, oh, yeah. thanks, really good. Yeah, I had uh, a good view. 
<laughs> well, I, I that actually means a lot to me because I feel that you have a, a, a very strong sense of, you know, what's real and what's working and what's not working. So hmm. um, that, that means a lot to me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm so glad we made this about me and my talent. <laughs> oh, oh, it's time for a quick break. I will be back after a word from our friends at Maximum Fun. Have you ever watched a movie so bad you just needed to talk to somebody about it? Well, here at the Flop House, we watch a bad movie and then talk about it. Yeah, you don't have to do anything. We'll watch it and we'll talk it. We do the hard work. Featuring the beautiful vocal talents of Dan McCoy. Stuart Wellington. And me, America's Rascal, Elliot Kalin. New episodes every other Saturday at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcast, dude. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I want to play this mash game with you. Okay. So the first, uh, the first question I'm going to ask pertains to you and your your lovely wife and all the travel you do. Oh, cool. Because you've had all these adventures. I would love to grab three uh, places that. Um, let's assume that we Ooh. are. Uh, we're just like it does. It takes the same amount of effort, which is none, to get to any of these places in the world. Oh, so I don't okay. Teleporting or what? Oh, good. Three places anywhere in the world that you would like to have a sort of second home. Because I haven't played. I haven't played this game since I was like 20 and broke yeah. and it was all just like a fantasy. So. Yeah. It was um, all about Corvette for some <laughs> yeah. reason for all of us. Gonna, like, a Humvee, whether we like cars or not. And this will be my third car. That's right. Um, okay. So uh, three places that I'd, that I'd, I'd love to live. Um, uh, Paris um, is, uh, is a place definitely. Oh, wow. Okay. This is going to be uh, actually f- there are, no, the places I really like and the place I'd love to live. Uh, Berlin or um, uh, Barcelona. Okay, great. Those three places, yeah. I've never been to Barcelona. Oh, it's a sexy city. The architecture's there. It's great. I gotta go. I've yeah. never been to Spain. I gotta go. Right now. Goodbye. Goodbye. Uh, this was <laughs> cut very short. Okay, uh, next category is three roles in a play that, for whatever reason, I mean, it could be forthcoming if it's an older role, but it could mm. also be a female role. Anything that you think is maybe a little bit pie in the sky or unreasonable to want to play in this alternate universe three that we can we can definitely get you into. Unreasonable or like dream roles? Because there's the list in my mind that I made when yeah. I was yeah, 18 dream years old. Great. Dream that, roles that is great. Dream roles is great. Well, Hamlet's on there, great. of course. Uh, Brick from uh, Karahatan Roof, uh, which I'm just starting to get a little too old to play that happens and it's very sad when you age out of your dreams uh <laughs> and what i would, won't accept that <laughs> what would be a third one of like a part i'd really want to play um it would probably be another shakespeare like henry five let's say henry five there we go okay let's take um this this goes to our uh what your parents do and macro's telling you to be a house manager <laughs> let's do alternate universe careers Ooh. so if you could not do what you're doing right now three things that you think you'd like to dabble in uh architect mm-hmm. um yeah for some reason i have a fascination with that architect uh what other things in my re- uh carpenter great S- sort of seems left field um <laughs> and or a, I'm trying to think of my hobbies. Um, I jazz musician. There oh, we go. Nice, absolutely. Okay. Next category is three foods 
that in this world you're either allergic to or you feel like it's not ecologically responsible or uh, th they give you a sugar high and then you crash and then you're miserable. In this alternate universe, everything has the same value and nothing ever makes you feel bad and you can have it in perpetuity no matter how rare it is, no matter wow. what. Wow, really? Three. Mm -hmm. Three. Um, cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Is that pretty common? People are like, oh, yeah, cheese. I can't do cheese I mean, anymore. yeah, I think there's there's something very um, comforting to me about the fact that many of us have the same, like, dream foods Isn't that we're weird? like, God damn, God I wish I could it. eat macaroni and cheese every day or whatever. I'm by that. Yeah. Um, well, I'm a vegetarian now, but I do remember uh, uh, bacon cheeseburgers. Nice. I haven't had one in a long time. Although there's new advancements in, in fake meat technology. I know. That, that, the beyond, seem, that beyond Meat the patty beyond, is quite delicious. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. The Impossible, too. Yeah. You I haven't had the one. Impossible yet. It's similar. Yeah. Um, available at Fatburger. Anyway. Great. This, <laughs> this brought to you by Fatburger. Uh, and the third thing, probably pizza. Yeah. Um, it's a little bit of the cheese uh, crossover, however. Yeah. It's oh, great. Though. It's the kind of oh thing my. that you know it's good it's for a second. Food. And then you're just like, God damn it. Mm. I feel so guilty about it. I know. I 100% <laughs> get it. Well, listen, you're going to get one of these in this alternate universe. I'm oh, very nice, excited about nice, nice. Uh, Three movies that you can jump into at will, stay as long as you want. You're not reliving the plot, but you're just in that world with those characters. Oh, that you can just dive into and it just kind of Hang feels out. good mm -hmm. to be there. Um, Probably Empire Strikes Back. That's Great. that's an easy sort of like, oh, we're at this part. Yeah. Um, something like uh, Office Space. Nice. Um, and uh, Doctor Strangelove. Nice. Just kind of the ones that, I guess you're right. It, it does feel good to be in that world and you're kind of like, oh, yeah, I could... I could totally live with these people, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the second two have this. I mean, they're both absurd, but they, but it's sort of that magical realism. Like mm -hmm. they're not, you're not in Harry Potter land, but there is a sense of like things being slightly off. Yeah. Which I think is great. Yeah. You know? Not quite sure if everybody's kind of fucking with you. Yeah. Or yeah. <laughs> exactly. You're like, are and you the, serious? And one guy really looks like he's playing a lot of the characters. Like <laughs> it's like, how is he everywhere? Um, <laughs> okay. Next category. Now, listen. All due respect to your beautiful wife. Uh -huh. This is alternate universe crush. It could be just a character. It could be a cartoon. could be anyone from any era. Uh, it's not your alternate universe wife. Wife. It could be like as simple as like you get to go on a date or like sit on a train <laughs> ride with such them. trouble for this. I know. Janet. I know. I could tell. Sometimes you can tell oh, no. who is going to have, who immediately is like, oh, no, no, no. We both have a list. Mine is da, 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 da. Oh, right. You know well, they've had I mean? the discussion before yeah. and you're kind of like, yeah. you know, I, I, yeah. uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> what a silly thing. We don't have yeah. such arrangements yes. in my house. Yes. Um, I, I've always had a crush on like a, a lot of, it's, it's like the acting people. It's sort of like, just like, wow, yeah. they're really talented and yeah. everything. So someone like uh, Kate Winslet, I would say. Oh, right um, there with you. It's ya. always like the, the talent people that you're kind of like oh yeah uh <laughs> um we'll stay with the kates kate blanchett right now you all the nerd acting anymore i'm just doing These all the are, nerd acting oh, people they're so, um but they're so magnetic and just luminous and vulnerable and strong like yeah those two women are two of my all-time favorite women put emma thompson on there and uh we've got a triple crown maybe helen mirren is that yeah bad no. i mean i know she's a little bit older than me yeah, but, but that's 
but that's, that's, that's you know love love to have no no it's, bounds it's timeless it's timeless, it's timeless. this is it. a fantasy anyway julie that's right. julie this is a fantasy anyway julie, we're total just, playful, just a fantasy. Silly fantasy we're just talking hypothetically here yeah it's part of the game we don't just, know what happens it could be that the two of them just sit on a park bench I'm for 30 just, minutes I'm just playing and playing alone that's it along they just time. talk yeah. i once want i once did have you ever done playboy um radio the mm-hmm. television thing um you, you go there and you just shoot the shit for 10 minutes or whatever and then they were having like we're gonna do a sexy game with naked girls in front and i'm just like uh oh I I I I got to figure out a way to to get to weasel out of this because yeah. like I, I thought I, I get... was in the I read it for the articles portion right. of this Playboy thing <laughs> yeah. where there's no crossover. I'm here the for the discussion girl. and all of a sudden there's naked people and oh, it's like I'm on Howard no. Stern. I'm like uh oh uh oh. I'm like you know uh, a lot of my fans are women and they might think I'm kind of exploiting women. So yeah. maybe maybe we play the naked game with someone another guest or Good something. And I was just like I got really nervous all of a yeah. sudden. I'm like oh my god I'm in that world and I have to make this choice. Yeah. And I have to do it in uh, about three minutes. I yeah. have to make that decision. Oh. Anyway, yeah, so, I don't so, envy you that. It sounds like you handled it very well. I, d- I did. I hopefully diplomatically. I talked to a producer and, he, and every, everything. But yet still there was that moment that I'm like, okay, careful. Don't get in those situations. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because so many of us would just sort of roll with the punches. Like, you know, this will be over soon. We'll just play and along. Then you're like, oh, Let me just wait, be a good is... guest. And, yeah. oh, you know, it's all just in good fun, guys. Yeah. So, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. No, this I'm is different. Skip that. This feels less uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, okay, let's do, uh, this is, I'm staying with the sort of cinema of it all, but, okay. um, let's do like three directors or composers, mm. that's up to you, or both, um, that get to sort of step in and, and, and create your own life for a day, but through their lens, mm. if that makes any sense. So you could have a day of you just going about your business, but Ennio Morricone Oh, but like seeing through another artist, like how do they like, view your what's life? Wes Ander- like Wes Anderson yeah. gives you your life for a day okay, in, Wes Anderson, in the way he presents it. I was going to say Wes Anderson Great. anyway. You, Great. You robbed me of the liberty of my choice. It's only because I but wanted no, to. I, just, I think I recently watched Grand Hotel Budapest and it may be my favorite one yeah. of his. So. I want to see the tableaus God, he good. puts together. Like the, the like the still shots yeah. that he puts together of my life like, where I'm like, oh, what beautiful artwork. Me making is. oatmeal in the morning. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Okay, great. Wes Anderson got it. Um, uh, Randy Newman. I'm into a Randy nice. Newman phase. Nice. Like nice, 70s nice. Randy Newman. Great. And then it would have to be someone like uh, Tom Waits. Nice. So, yeah. Did we ever talk about Tom Waits in, in college? I can't remember. If I we can't remember that. either. I think it was Gavin who got me into it. We're talking about Gavin. Shouts sense. out to Gavin. Shout out to Puppeteer Gavin. <laughs> he was. I think he was the first person to go, oh my God, this is this is Tom Waits. You haven't heard Tom Waits? And yeah. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so behind. I need Once to, again. I need to catch up. <laughs> I need to go buy all of his albums because all of a sudden you're making references that I don't get. And I feel like, ha, 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 ha. I'm yeah. the idiot in the corner. Uh, um, yeah. Great. Anyway. Great, great, Fantastic. Great. Okay. Um, all right. This is our final category. So now I'm putting a lot of pressure on myself. Okay. Um, let's do... Three, mm, what do I want for you? Yeah, I'm really putting a lot of pressure on myself. This is very stupid. Oh, okay. Let's do, um, let's do a person that you have from any time in history or even a character, a non-existent a fictional person, uh, but that you have this sort of like bat phone too, that you can, you know, pick oh. up that phone and that person from wherever they are, whoever they are. Is like, yeah, I'll, I'll give you a piece of advice. Like, I'm, I'm soliciting on? advice from a and person. They're, and they're, they love you and they're so happy to hear from you. Okay. Um, and they're not like, I'm sorry, how did you get this number? Exactly. Like if, if this was theoretically they're not like, Edgar Allan Poe. Listen, college is over. Please stop calling number? me Gavin Cummins. <laughs> I cannot continue to tell you about I'm new busy. things that okay. you like. I'm just busy right yeah. now. 
<laughs> we haven't talked in a while, but I'm busy. Um, uh, people that I would I would solicit advice from, well, probably William Shakespeare. That's a, such a cop-out chicken shit answer to say. I, but I'm going to say William Shakespeare. It's not, because I think that about Oscar Wilde, too. Yeah? I mean, oh, my God. I need him to tell me a retort to give to someone. Yeah. How would Oscar Wilde The, the I wish the I would have said that? Like, yeah. Mm. Like, I, bet, I bet he's got some insight here. Yeah. Um, Jack Kerouac. Right. Um, the Spirit of Adventure. Great. In my mind that I wish I had. <laughs> the person this I thought I think I the person I thought I would mm-hmm. I would always be and now I'm like wow just a bunch of dirty hippies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what the fuck was I thinking? <laughs> took off those rose tinted. It's like oh my glasses. god, buy a car, stop drinking yeah. so much. Good God, what's wrong with you people? Yeah, yet adventurous. Um, and then someone who I'd say like T. S. Eliot. I'd still oh, great. just his poems. Agreed. Yes. He and he and Dylan Thomas were the first like. The feeling of being taught something in school and then realizing that it meant something to me privately and personally outside of school, yeah, you know, where I'm like, wait, now I just really want to, like, now I feel like being in high school and being at that protective age where, like, you have to love something the most, like, you have to be the biggest fan of something, which I have, I'm so not anymore. I don't feel that way where I'm (laughs) like, no, 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 I'm into that. I'm I'm all in. I'm all in. No, you don't understand. I understand these lyrics differently than you do. Yeah, yeah. But like, that was a, what age was that? That was a time. Tell me what age was that? I was in soft, uh, my sophomore year, I, there was a lot of poetry in my English classes. And I remember feeling like once I started reading Dylan Thomas, I remember thinking like, I don't want to share this with anyone. Like, I don't oh, want to talk like, about mine. this in a classroom. Right. I, Do you feel, know what I, mean? I feel like almost embarrassed discussing yeah. what this is because it's so personal. To yeah. Me. That's interesting. Yeah. What an interesting connection that you make with that. Yeah. But yeah. since then, nothing. Uh, <laughs> nothing, nothing that I have felt. No, I'm dead inside. Yeah. Inside and out. <laughs> Uh, okay, this is just this part, you know, where I do like a little squiggle, squiggle. so I can get um, our the number that I'm going to be working with to get, deliver you your MASH future. Okay. So just for uh, a couple seconds, just tell me when to stop. And stop. Okay. I'm going to pause this to our listeners. It will seem as if no time has passed. Amazing. And then I'll be back with your 100% guaranteed fictitious MASH future. I feel that I have some very good news okay. to deliver your way. First of all, I want to congratulate you on your beautiful Parisian apartment. Mm. Mm. Uh, not bad. Mm. I don't know if that is the city uh, in which you are doing your Henry V mm. in French, French or English. Could be to... that there are some that there are some uh, versions of each for since it's there. That's such a French, I'll have to quintessentially French. French city. Yeah, yeah. So, but you are going to be playing Henry V. Okay. Uh, and you'll just cut around the corner to your apartment in Paris with your baguette. In your on your bike, <laughs> um, okay. You also have uh, at your disposal um, unlimited bacon cheeseburgers with nice. just zero negative ramifications to anyone or anything on earth. Nice. Uh, that's going to be very tasty. Um, you're going to need your. You're going to need to uh, probably going to need all of those calories because you're going to be very busy when you jump into the Empire Strikes Back. A um, lot to a lot can happen in that movie, so I want you to feel like you're ready for anything. That does happen. A lot does happen. Yeah. Uh, I want you to know that you can um, report your adventures uh, to T. S. Eliot, mm. who you can have conversation after conversation with. Uh, and then I like these two pairings together. I like the idea that you have a day scored by and sort of seen through the eyes of Mr. Tom Waits while you are being a carpenter. 
Mm. That feels like good. That feels solid, right, actually. Yeah. <laughs> like thoughtful yeah. connection to your hands to the earth. Yeah. Your mind is sort of taking you to these various A lot places. of scoring opportunities, I would imagine, like banging shit together. Absolutely. Hammers. Absolutely. On like raw metal and yeah. like wood. Yeah. He's going to get way into that. He's more so than Wes Anderson. Idea, Randy, that feels. Yeah. Fantastic. That's yeah. That's exactly Great right. Great opportunity for all of us. That's concerned. right. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm very pleased about that. And then all of this uh, can be shared, if you so desire, with the uh, luminous Kate Winslet. Mm. So uh, well played, my friend. This is, these are very positive results. I hope Kate will uh, appreciate my choices in life. Um, she's yes. going to be real excited when I you make so. her a table. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Seamus, this has been such a treat, a pleasure and a joy. The only thing that I need to throw at you is uh, if you could remember any of Don Henley's Boys of Summer oh. uh, to spontaneously sing There Is No uh, Right or Wrong Way to Proceed. Okay. It's an interesting choice with the song, but should I just start singing at will? At at will. will. Out on the road today, I saw a dead head sticking around a Cadillac. I heard a voice inside say, don't, don't look, look back. back. Don't you ever look back. Him to be. Yeah. Fantastic. Where did our love go? <laughs> yeah. Finds him and let me go, cause I can't see you. Your brows hidden shining in the sun. You got your head to back in my wayfarer's arm, baby. I can tell you my love for you will still be strong after the boys of summer have found you. Guys, I'll talk to you next time on the podcast. Oh, Seamus, where can people find you? Uh, They can find me uh, at at Seamus Patrick Dever on Instagram, Twitter, at Seamus Dever. At Seamus Dever. Twitter at Seamus Patrick Dever, Instagram. Thank you so much for doing this. Thanks, Janet. This has been wonderful. Goodbye, everyone. The show is recorded by me and edited by Julian Burrell. And as always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture Artist owned Audience supported